Good morning. I hope you've had a good start to 2022, the first week, one week in already. Has anyone taken the Christmas tree down yet? Oh, quite a few, quite a few. Has anyone not taken the Christmas tree down? Oh, one or two, I can see that hand, I can see that hand. Not wanting to let go of the Christmas spirit. Well, it's such a um, a privilege to be able to share with you this morning at the start of the new year and I'm sure you'll agree that when a new year comes, it's always a great time to do that self-evaluation, that that reset, that self-assessment just to get ready again and get to go again. And that's kind of the theme and the heart behind the series we're looking at at the moment as a church. And Aaron kicked it off amazingly last week, looking at the theme of go again. And so I'm just excited to share uh, this morning as we look at the topic of prayer and uh, discovering and exploring together what that kind of, that means. And, and as I was kind of preparing for this, I was really challenged and really encouraged. And so I trust and pray that you'll also be cha- challenged and that your hearts will just be stirred to, to go again in prayer and to begin to ask, to seek and to knock as we'll read in just a moment. So why don't you turn in your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 through 11. So it's, it says this, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you if, you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Does anyone like roller coasters? Anyone a fan of theme parks or anything like that? Oh, there's a few no's there. See, I, I love theme parks, me, and still to this day, a theme park is a great day out. And when I was younger, me and my mate, we managed to get down to Alton Towers a few times. I'm sure many of you will have been there. And this one particular time, we went to Alton Towers. We got there nice and early. We uh, got our tickets, and the person on the till, as we paid for our tickets, she said, if you want to pay an extra £20, we'll give you fast track passes. Oh, Fast track passes, so we thought bargain, fast track passes for a list of rides that we could go on once to get these fast track passes. And so we planned our day that as since we were off like kind of a quieter period, we'd go on as many rides as we could and we'd save our fast track passes for peak hours when the rides were at the, the biggest and we'd really feel like we're making the most of it. Do you know what I mean? And so peak hours came and the first one on our fast track list was a ride called Air. And it's, it's one where you kind of like suspended. And so we got to the start of the, where Air was and on the sign, it digitally, it said the queue estimation was three and a half hours. So we thought, this is great. We're going to make the most of our fast track passes. And so what we did, and you'll notice where we've gone wrong straight away here, we were only young, we had our fast track passes, but what we thought you had to do was, we just assumed that you had to join the back of the queue, and we were expecting that there'd be staff monitoring the queue, looking for people with fast track passes. (laughs) So we joined the back of this three and a half hour queue, 20 minutes goes by, 
And we're thinking, any moment now, there's going to be staff to come and tell us where to go. We can just skip to the front of the queue. 20 minutes turns into 45 minutes, and there we are. Now we're starting to grumble and complain. Where are these staff that are going to get us to the front of the queue? I think the family in front of us heard our grumbling and our complaining, and so they turned around eventually, and they said, you do know that if you've got a fast track pass, there's a totally different access point. There's a totally different way you have to go. You don't have to wait with the queue. There's a totally different way to go. But it was because we didn't understand how to use these passes. We were only young. It was because of that that we'd neglected and wasted the access we had. And as we're looking at prayer today, I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes because we don't under, often understand the power and the, uh, the significance of prayer, access, the, the access we have to God in prayer often goes neglected and wasted. So over the next few minutes, we're just going to look at a few points that we can draw from those passages we just read before what Jesus is saying about prayer. First of all, Verse 7, we can gather that prayer is about access. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and, it will, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Ask, seek, knock. It's hard to ignore that Jesus is asking us to pray to him. You see, I don't know about you, but sometimes we can come, when we read these different requests from God and these different commands from the Bible, it's easy to think, oh no, it's another thing I've, I've got to do. It's another thing that I have to add to my list, another burden to carry. But I think when we realise the significance of what God asks of us, by God's grace, it gives us the ability to turn, oh no, I have to, into wow, I get the opportunity to. Jesus is asking us to come to him with our requests. Ask, seek, knock. It's, it's three different ways of expressing and communicating the same idea. He's emphasizing his desire for us to pray. You see, in our modern writing, we have our own techniques. If we want to emphasize a point, we might use a, a bold text. We might underline it. We might use italics or a, a totally different font. Some of us might even use emojis and things like that. But in Jesus' day, without the use of modern, tech, uh, modern writing techniques, they would use repetition to emphasize a point. And that's what we see in here in Matthew. Jesus repeating three times that he wants us to pray to him. Social scientists will tell us that there is um, the theory of six degrees of separation. Is anyone familiar with the six degrees of separation? It's an interesting theory. It basically tells us that we're only six social connections away from anyone. Six social connections away from anyone. That's quite a, a crazy thought. I don't know if that's ever been proved or disproved and whether genuinely you can reach anyone on the planet with just six social connections. But it's an interesting theory, isn't it? That if I could pass a message to a friend and they could pass their message to another friend, eventually, through a friend of a friend of a friend, we could maybe get a message to that hero we've always looked up to or to that celebrity that we admire. It's a great theory, but how infinitely greater yeah. 
is that we don't have to go through a friend of a friend of a friend to get access to God. That we don't have to pass our requests to a, a priest or to the ministers to try and hopefully see if uh, God can get to our request. But it's because of the atoning work of Jesus Christ through his death, life and resurrection that we have direct access to the Father. That God made a way for us and extended that invitation for us to have relationship with him. We can present our requests to God directly through prayer. Access to the throne room of heaven and in the presence of the king. The invitation doesn't stop there. Not only do we have access, but Hebrews tells us that we can come boldly before the, thro uh, before the throne of our gracious God, knowing that we can receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. First John tells us that we can approach God with confidence, knowing that when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. How amazing is that? God hears us. We're, we're praying to a God that listens, that cares, and that loves we can present our, the cares of our hearts, the cares of our families. We can lift them up to God and know that God is hearing us. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I, I think of the, the sins that I've done in the past or the regrets of the past, it's easy to think that why would God care about me? The psalmist expresses a similar thought when he cries out, what is mankind that you'd be mindful of them? You see, prayer isn't always glamorous. It doesn't always come easy, but it's certainly glorious. It's conversation and relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Jesus here in these scriptures we're reading, he's reminding us of that incredible invitation to come to God. To a God that knows us, to a God that loves us. The creator of the heavens and the earth invites us to pray and we can have confidence that he hears us. Isn't that amazing? Prayer is access to God. It's not a heavy burden, but it's a royal invitation. Secondly, we notice it's about heart. Have you ever been in a, a prayer meeting or you've, you've been in church and you've heard someone pray and it's very poetic and it's articulate and you think, gosh, I wish I could pray like that. Or maybe you've prayed out loud and after, it, after you've prayed in front of a few people, you go away and you're thinking, I could have said this and I could have said that and different things like that. You see, throughout scripture, we're taught that God's more interested in our heart than in our words. In an argument, you might have said, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And I think as we read across the Bible, we see a similar principle can be applied to prayer. One commentator already said it like this, and I apologize, apologies for the old English that's used, but it said, God looks not at the elegance of our prayers to see how neat they are, nor at the geometry of your prayers to see how long they are, nor at the arithmetic of your prayers to see how many they are, but at the sincerity of your prayers to see how hearty they are. It takes humility to come before God in real prayer. Prayer brings an awareness of our need and our dependence on him. It's all about heart. 
I love the instructions Paul gives on prayer in Philippians. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a good promise, that, isn't it? But notice, how does Paul instruct us to pray? With thanksgiving. I found that in my life, sometimes I can be so focused on my needs and, and wants that I can miss thanking him for what he's already done that he's already gone before me, that he's already made a way and continues to do that. We can be so consumed with chasing the promises that we miss honouring the promiser. The purpose of prayer is not to get our will done in heaven, but to get God's will done on earth. And there's been times that I've felt that as I've gone into prayer and I'm praying to God, I've been convicted of that sense of pride and that sense of wanting to get my agenda across. And it just takes that moment of repentance to say, God, it's not my will, it's your will be done. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with coming to God with our wants and needs. In fact, he encourages us to do that. We see that all the time. But it's, it's a great reminder from Paul, isn't it? Just to remember that when we come with our requests, it's a heart of humility and thankfulness. God, I thank you that you're a, grace, a God of grace and mercy and that I'm heard by you. God, I thank you that you're a God full of compassion, abounding in love. I thank you that I find forgiveness and righteousness. God, I thank you, like Psalm 40 says, that you've lifted me out of the mud and mire. You've set my feet on a rock and given me a firm place to stand. As we pray, let's remember that challenge to come before God with humility and thankfulness, recognizing our dependence on him. Prayer is access to God. Not a heavy burden, but a royal invitation. And prayer is about heart, recognizing our dependence and honoring our God. And finally, persistence. I'm sure you'll agree that prayer is powerful because God responds. Prayer is powerful because God responds. But how many of you know and have experienced that that response can take a while to come? Yeah. Or the response might take a different form than what we expected, or sometimes it feels like that response doesn't come at all. I've been a Christian for a number of years, and many of you will be able to relate, I'm sure, that over the years, our prayers, as they, as they tally up, yeah, they can just really uh, tally up. And prayer in, in my life over the last few years has been prayers for family members to be healed when we found out the, the doctor's report that we weren't expecting. Prayers for peace in the middle of chaos. Prayers for grace to resist that temptation. Prayers for strength to stand under the pressure of certain circumstances. Prayers for the situations of loved ones to be improved and the list goes on and I'm sure many of you will be able to relate. And what I found in my life is that sometimes the responses God gives, sometimes they've been miraculously quick and obvious. But other times it's been delayed and very subtle. 
not what I was expecting. Or sometimes for the things I'm still praying for, still believing for, it seems like there maybe has not been any improvement or movement at all. I don't want to simplify anyone's situations or what anyone's going through and I don't want to even pretend to understand the, some of the pain that some of us are going through at this time. But hear my heart in this, it's what we've sung before, that God is a good God. He is a faithful God. He does hear us. And though he never promised us a problem-free life, he did promise us that he'll be with us always, even to the end of time. And I hope that encourages you this morning. But coming back to the scriptures we've been looking at, I'm no ancient Greek expert, but many commentators seem to agree that the best, um, transla uh, the best translation that communicates Jesus' meaning from that text is the New Living Translation, which says this. It says, <clears throat> so whereas before we read it as, Asking it will be given to you. Seeking you will find. Knocking the door will be open. The New Living Translation says it like this. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. See, I don't know about you, but to me, that highlights that prayer is not a one-off occurrence, but an ongoing journey. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep praying. Go again. It's encouraging to know that time doesn't disqualify God's faithfulness. Time actually validates it. Is anyone um, a fan of Marvel? Anyone like the Marvel films? A few, a few nods of the head. There's a new Spider-Man movie out at the moment. I don't know if any of you have seen it, and I won't give any spoilers, don't worry. But me and Michaela got to go and watch Spider-Man last week, and it is, it's a great film. But recently we were watching some of the behind-the-scenes footage, and I don't know if you've ever seen behind-the-scenes footage of a highly um, CGI'd film, but it's, it's quite funny. It seems like nothing much is going on. We've got the actor in his Spider-Man suit, and he's literally running in an empty green screen room, and he's running, and some, at some points the harness will lift him up, and that's literally all that's happening And it makes me think that in that moment, the actor's probably thinking, I hope the directors know what they're doing because there's nothing going on. And meanwhile, in the next room, we've got the CGI experts and we've got the director. And though the actor's not really doing much, in their minds, they're seeing all the action unfold. And it's not, sometimes it's not until the editors have finished and the movies come out that the actor's then able to look at the, what he's done, how the acting he has done has played a massive part. Now he's no longer just running in an empty room, but now there's fireballs falling from the sky and there's webs coming out of his hands and there's helicopters circling around and there's all this stuff going on. But in the moment of his acting, he probably thought, what is going on? And I think it's a similar thing with prayer that as we, in the moment prayer sometimes can feel like we're hitting that brick wall. It can feel like nothing's going on. But it's only when we look back after years of persistent prayer and obedience that we can see, wow, God had a plan all along. God was doing stuff that I couldn't see. It's like what the worship team sang before, that he is a behind-the-scenes miracle-working God. 
He's fighting our battles even when we might not realize it. He is for us. He does hear our prayers and he's always responding, although sometimes not in the way we might expect. The Bible is filled with stories of people who relied on persistent prayer and faith. Hebrews says this, it says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail to t- for me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. I think back to the disciples, the first disciples that Jesus commissioned to go and make disciples of all nations. Reading through the Acts and the epistles of the New Testament, we get to see some of the intense persecution that these disciples came under, the threat of being beaten, the threat of death, the threat of imprisonment. But we also see persistent prayer as a powerful component. Prayers for help, prayers for guidance. Even after being arrested, I love that point in Acts chapter 4 when they've just been released and... um, As soon as they've been released, they get together and they begin to pray. God, give us boldness to share and tell people about Jesus. In that moment, it would have been easy for them to look around and to see all the persecution, to see all the chaos that's going on. It'd be easy for them to think, God, what's going on? Why are you not responding? But today, as we're gathered here and as we think of the billions of Christians in every corner of the earth, we can see God did respond and is continuing to respond. It's through the persistent and faithful prayers year after year, decade after decade, that we see God's faithfulness come to pass. Time doesn't disqualify God's faithfulness. It validates God's faithfulness. And the band can can make their way back up. As a church, we'll be coming up to a, a period of, of prayer and fasting very soon, and I'm sure you'll hear more dates about, um, yeah, dates and information about it. John will be sharing in a little bit. But prayer and fasting is a time for us as a church to do that. Some of the things we've talked about, it's a time for humbling ourselves before God, aligning our hearts with His, and to do some asking, seeking, and knocking of our own. Isn't it exciting to imagine? How God will respond when a community of believers like this can come together with one accord and to pray and to seek God's will and to seek his kingdom being done. As we pray for creativity and for innovation on how to use our resources to pray for our communities and neighborhoods to be transformed, isn't it exciting to imagine and to have the faith of what God can do? It's with persistent prayers compounded over months, years and decades, as well as our willingness to act, that God will do what only he can do. And the generations to come will be impacted. It's no wonder James tells us that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. We're going to go into a a time of, of worship very shortly. And on the topic of prayer... There's one scripture I love, and it says, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of it. And we just want to encourage you, if you want to come out for prayer, if you want to 
stand, want someone to stand with you and pray for that situation you're going through or whatever it is, feel free. There's going to be ministers at the front and prayer team that are willing and ready to pray for you. Or if you feel you find someone on your row maybe that you're comfortable with, then feel free to, to stand with them and pray with them. But I hope you're challenged and I hope you're encouraged. Let's remember that prayer is access. It's not a heavy burden, but a royal invitation. Prayer is about heart, recognising our dependence on God. Prayer is about persistence, knowing that consistent, ongoing prayers of God's people are powerful and effective. And as we pray and act to see God's kingdom come and his will be done, together with believers all over the globe, we can show the world that the greatest victory is a life surrendered to Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's worship.